I'm sure a lot of you out there use navigation apps to get where you want to go. But you know what? They don't always give you, you know, all the information that you need. For instance, what if you could use an algorithm that would actually show you where a crash was most likely to happen? Maybe it looks like the fastest route, but it's also the route where they have the most accidents. Would that be useful to you when you're out there driving around? Probably. I mean, researchers at UBC have been working on developing this new algorithm for mapping the safest route. And they have been using real-time crash risk data. And it could eventually be integrated into navigation apps like Google Maps. We're going to find out more about it right now with the help of one of the people who's been working on this. This is Tarek Ghul, who's a graduate student at UBC's uh, UBC, specializing in transportation safety and researcher for the study. Tarek, thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. How did you guys do this? Tell me about this. So there was a gap um, in the way that we use our navigation apps. So we can always say, how do we get from point A to point B in the fastest way possible? Um, But until now, the safest way possible wasn't really possible. Um, So what we we use is we use uh, vehicle trajectories. So the position and velocity and acceleration of different road users. And we can convert this into something we call uh, traffic conflicts or near misses. Um, After taking all of these near misses, we put it through our model, and it can give us uh, the real-time crash risk. So you can think about these near misses as, say, the time it takes for one vehicle that's going at a certain speed to collide with a vehicle in front of it if it's going faster, and no evasive maneuver is taken. So you take all of these conflicts, turn them into a distribution, and then you find the probability that said distribution is greater than zero. So if you have, say, you're one second away from a crash or two seconds away from a crash, well, if you're zero seconds away from a crash, then you've just crashed. Um, So that's the core mechanism of how we can predict these conflicts. Okay, so you can map all of that. Like, how did you do this? How were you examining people's driving? So we had uh, data from downtown Athens that was uh, put online in an online data set. Um, This was drone data. So there were 10 drones flying over the downtown core. And they provided all of the trajectories to us. Uh, We took these vehicle trajectories and we processed them into these conflicts, which allowed us to route people from point A to point B in the safest way possible. Uh, And then we examined the different possible routes. So we we had different origins and different destinations, and we were able to find, okay, how does the safest route compare to the fastest route? Okay, but most people, they kind of want the fastest route, don't they? Yes. So one of the biggest uh, contributions that we think or the biggest ways forward is actually for vulnerable road users. So we have cyclists, for example, who would be more willing to take the safest route uh, as opposed to a motorist. But that said, even motorists like other uh, you know, drivers and uh, people in trucks, cars, what have you, um, even they, they still consider safety in their decisions. Many people want to avoid highways for that specific reason due to the perceived safety. Okay, so you're saying if people want, if there's like a high-risk crash area where there's a lot of near misses, can you map that out too? Exactly. So our, our algorithm functions by using these near misses, and we can find where these locations are. We put it into our algorithm, and it rep- represents it in terms of crash risk. Okay, do you have to do and, this independently for every city? Like, for instance, okay, if you're going to provide this data for Vancouver, you have to do it in Vancouver. For Toronto, you have to do it in Toronto. Yes, so it's, it's site-specific, and we use the data from the specific location. So the idea is that we use real-time data. We have all of the trajectories of said vehicles, pedestrians, cyclists, 
we process it all locally and it'll be site specific. So it will work for Vancouver. It will work for Boston separately. It'll work for Athens separately, uh, regardless of where you implement it. So can you even check then to see for pedestrians, for instance, is this uh, a more risky area for pedestrians or something like that? Absolutely. Uh, it's, it's, it's a matter of creating a specific pedestrian model. So in the uh, research paper that was recently published, it focused primarily on vehicles. Um, but you can just as easily swap out the vehicle for a pedestrian. So you would, instead of considering all, cra- all conflicts or interactions that involve vehicles, you would say all interactions that involve pedestrians and vehicles or pedestrians and other road users if you want to go down that route as well. Right. Okay. So this is a really, this is useful. Do you think this could help prevent more crashes, Tarek? It can reroute people. This is the uh, user optimum. So this is similar to, let's say, uh, most navigation apps. How do you get from here to there and minimize your own personal risk? We are currently working on something that is the system optimum. If you have a fleet of vehicles, how can you optimize safety across the network? Uh, Though more details on that one are, are to come. That one is still in development. Okay, so have you had any interest from some of the navigator apps to say, hey, you know what, we could incorporate this data? Uh, Thus far, we haven't worked with them yet. Um, I do believe a few of them have uh, previously expressed interest in safety in their own press releases. So at this time, we're not currently working with them. Oh, come on. That's the dream, though, isn't it, Tarek, right? You want to sell this to the, the big guys. Well, yeah, well, why not? Of course. I mean, uh, <laughs> they're, they're interested, uh, you know. Uh, we can reach out. <laughs> right. So that what's key here, I guess, what I find interesting is that this isn't just for people in cars. So you can actually see where, let's see, even ICBC would want to know where are there more pedestrian accidents? Where are there more like cycling accidents? Like you can show all of that. Yeah. So the underlying technology um, that brings us all together, which was developed here at UBC, is this idea of the real-time crash risk using what we call an extreme value theory models or family of models rather. Um, so by only using trajectories and not using historical crash data, we can predict the crashes with a high degree of accuracy. Um, so many different agencies can make great use of this. Right. Okay. So this would be useful information, I think, for people to have. But I find that most people, they're in such a rush, though, Tarek. And that's the thing. Like, will people be more careful if they have this data? That's what you really want. Potentially. I mean, I think we have different kinds of people. There's some people who won't care at all about safety. They're like, just get me there the fastest way possible. Um, They're just going to go for it. Um, Other people might say, all right, I will consider safety a little bit. Um, And that's one of the things that we investigated, the trade-off between safety and mobility. So we found that a 22% improvement in safety is associated with just an 11% reduction or increase in travel time. So it seems like it's weighted more to the safety side. So you can have, like, say, like a five-minute increase in travel time, but a far greater improvement of a percentage of safety. Um, so, so this would allow for um, effectively a midpoint to be selected. So you can balance between the two objectives. And you don't just have the safest and fastest route, but kind of a sliding scale in between. Right. I wonder what people would say, though, if you asked them that question. Like, if you had to be two or three minutes late versus knowing that you were gonna not going to get into an accident... Which one would they choose? Yeah, it's a, it's a very, very interesting question. Um, and I, I think we're going to have a wide variety of uh, answers to that one. And again, I think it really depends on whether they are driving or if they are uh, cycling. And can you flag some really problematic areas? Like were there areas that you came across where you went, boy, look what goes on here every single day? 
Uh, in, in some in some cases, yes. There's so there's definitely areas that are worse than others, um, and there's also two types of crash risk that we noticed. So one of the key contributions of this is it's real time. So the crash risk fluctuates. Uh, in our case, from like four minutes, we we analyzed it in four minute increments um, and then combined it together. But it fluctuates from uh, from section to section. So every four minutes, you might have an area where it's one percent, another area where it's or another uh, four minutes where it's two percent. And these fluctuations are important because there's a different there's a difference in how you can treat these locations. If it's something that's chronically unsafe, then maybe you need to do some traditional infrastructure. Like you maybe you need to tear out some of the roads and change the geometry. Right, or like a or red light camera or something like that. Potentially, potentially, yes. Uh, something more traditional, like traditional approaches, like maybe more like a better cyclist facility or uh, typically something infrastructure, huh. um, as opposed to if it's you just have these short term peaks and then it's otherwise safe. Uh, with something like that, actually, you can use some of the technology was developed at UBC. Um, so, for example, real time signal control. So we, we can change the traffic signal timings to improve safety in real time using these uh, indicators. So interesting. Thank you so much for explaining it to us this morning. Yeah, well, thank you so much for having me on. That's Tarek Ghul, who's a graduate student at UBC specializing in transportation safety, and he's a researcher for this study that they did. And so they're collecting data. They're using real-time like crash risk, real-time data as people are driving around on the roads to figure out what the safest route is, not the fastest route, which is what most people are looking for. It's what you're looking for, right, when you're using a navigation app of some kind. But they're saying, hey, you know what? This might take you 10% longer longer this route, but it is the safer route, not as prone to risk. And they can show the real time risk that is happening actually. So I wonder if people would take that or if they just want to get, do you just want to get to where you're going as fast as possible? Uh, Let me know, simi at cknw.com. Like I'm always curious about whether those red light cameras work because there's a lot of intersection cameras uh, that are around now. I know ICBC had those installed and and they give you signage. So you can see the sign is there, but the number of people I still see blowing through those intersections, blowing through those red lights, I think, boy, you really, like, are they getting tickets? They really are paying attention because there's a lot of signage warning you about that and yet people still do it. I feel like we're just going to open up Pandora's box when it comes to traffic issues out there. So go ahead if you want to weigh in. Simi at cknw.com. You can call or text our buzz line 604-331-2899.